most people go to bed at night and wake up more tired in the morning, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen or heard. This is the playbook. I uh, am blessed to coach some of the best coaches in the world and uh, some of the youngest uh, talents that are really changing or impacting the world in line with my mission of empowering over a billion people to be happy. You got to find a thousand people like Craig Siegel, a thousand people like Amelia Antonetti, uh, who are pouring into a thousand to pour into a thousand. This is how we're going to change the world. Um, and uh, to that measure, uh, Craig has uh, been uh, just a blessing uh, to me and to others. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to do a little hot seat coaching uh, in hot seat coaching, Craig will give you an example of how to help other people, how to coach them, how to get those answers uh, to them and, and done with them. We have the incredible Craig Siegel, CLS experience, one of the best podcasts he has, one of the best coaches. He's a speaker. This kid is doing it all from Manhattan. Craig, welcome to the hot seat coaching. How are you? I'm doing great. What an introduction. It's funny. I'm usually the one dishing them out on the podcast. What an honor to be here today. Happy Friday. Happy birthday to your daughter. Happy birthday to my nephew. It's a great day. Uh, I'm ready to rock, Big Dave. Let's do this. All right, perfect. What do you got for me? Any questions you have? Yeah, so, so right out the gate. You know, a lot of people want to start something, whether it be a business, an entrepreneurial project, whatever the case would be. A lot of times they're waiting for the perfect time or they're thinking about the ROI, the return on investment. What, what I'm telling my clients so forth is, is that what you should pay more attention to right now is the COI, which is the cost of inaction, right? Because it's never going to be the perfect time. What are your thoughts in regarding to not waiting for the perfect time and just diving in it and being resourceful along the way? Well, I know everyone's talking about time and time is probably the number one thing that people should study and understanding one, the relativity of time, but two, the reality of time and the reality of time only exists today. Um, and understanding how to prioritize your day uh, is quite important. And so if you are actually working through what you want, who you can help, who can help you and how to get it done, you'll know where you should spend your time uh, and utilizing you know, the opportunity cost of time or the productivity of time, the accessibility of time and the gratitude of time, we can equate whether or not um, it is uh, worth what we're doing, uh, meaning is this a priority according to what I want today aligned with what I want in the future? And it gives you a new quantifiable value. When you look at time, today is real, yesterday is relative, and the future is relative. I can manipulate or I give meaning to time. Uh, I give meaning to time uh, only in the future and only in the past. Today, I have a practice of time, reconciling the productivity of time, evaluating by knowing what I want today, who I can help, who can help me and how to get it done, the accessibility of time, who am I accessible to and what am I receiving? And of course, reconciling gratitude uh, as well. Is it worth my time? Uh, there's light, love and lessons in everything. And the problem that most people have is they waste their time on things that bleed them. Uh, and that would be things that you're utilizing, not making the investment in themselves. And I think, Craig, as you know, a lot of people see sacrifice instead of investment. Oh, you know, I really can't sacrifice the time. No, you're investing the time, utilizing and understanding opportunity costs as well as real costs that are involved. This is a classic example 
that most people live like tubes, food in, food out. They live like tubes. They live in nothingness because they don't know their possibilities of what they want. They don't know the probabilities of who they can help and who can help them. And they don't know how to utilize the lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. They just don't reconcile time into the equation so they have no prioritization. If you prioritize, you'll know exactly if the opportunity costs are too great or not. And um, you know, I have these five daily practices that I pound into people, they shake their head like they know it. Um, you know, being a student of your calendar uh, is crucial. It's quite apparent and raises your own awareness when you have coherence to the daily practices of utilizing today in a realistic manner with a trajectory of relativity to the future of something that's completely outrageous. But if you don't get started, if you don't prioritize starting new things, they'll never get finished. And uh, so many people live in that nothingness like tubes, either procrastinating or feeling overwhelmed. Either way, they don't utilize the what, the who, the how to determine their now. Yeah, that I don't, yeah, I don't call you the articulate alligator for a reason. I mean, beautifully said and, and makes perfect sense. And for the audience listening, like, it's so true, uh, specifically the difference between investing and sacrificing. Um, you're, you're investing for your future and so forth, which I know you're big on, Dave, and you've helped teach me as well. Uh, I also know that you're the quantum quail. So I wanted to ask you this. A lot of times in our private conversations, we talk about frequencies and abundance and so forth. And this is really deep stuff. My personal opinion in this conversation is a difference that makes a difference. When someone wants to manifest what they desire, there's obviously a big difference between wanting something and really feeling it. How, do you, how can you teach somebody how to be available for the abundance out there, how to become a match for it? Because you can't want it, but not be really vibing with it. How can someone become available for the abundance that exists? You know, it's so interesting because there's three things that make availability to abundance to the world of more than enough. And the first is your mindset. You have control of your mindset. So in order to make yourself accessible to everything for everyone, you have to have faith. You have to have faith that there is something greater than you, an abundant, all-knowing, omniscient, all-powerful, omnipresent source uh, of infinity, more than enough of everything for everyone. See, most people live in a mindset of, value, of a zero sum. If I receive, somebody else loses. I need to win, somebody needs to lose. If I give, I will receive. A variety of different trades and negotiations, quid pro quos that exist in the world of just enough, of a world of a zero sum game. In order to effectuate what you're talking about, abundance over scarcity, you have to believe, but not just believe, but utilize the five levels of intention. Everything that you do, say, think, believe, and feel should be aligned with the fact there's more than enough of everything for everyone. And you can review your behavior according to those five levels of intention to equate them to the coincidence that are occurring in your life. See, when you pay attention to abundance or an abundant uh, objective and you're paying attention, you put it up on there and you say, I'm going to make over a million dollars as fast as I can. I'm going to double the amount of money I make as fast as I can. Then you put your intention into doubling the amount of money you make as fast as you can. You start doing everything, not going the extra mile every once a mile, but doing everything every day utilizing the five daily practice, saying everything every single day, thinking everything th every day, believing 
And how do we know if we truly believe? It's really simple. Once again, we equate time into belief. How much time do you spend in fear is a ratio of what your belief is. So if you spend days, weeks, months, and years interfering with the abundance of everything, if you spend days, weeks, months, and years in fear, if you spend days, weeks, months, and years with a need to be offended, a need to be right, a need to live in ignorant arrogance instead of ignorant humility, if you have a need to be separate, inferior, superior, if you have a need to be unworthy, if you have a need to be resentful, worried, or complaining, if you have a need to be guilty, you're interfering with abundance. These are indicators that the ratio of time that you spend in that fear determines your belief aligned with the objectives that you want, the attention that you have put out there to put this intention in. And what happens if you put your intention in alignment with abundance, thinking, I'm sorry, doing, saying, thinking, believing, you'll feel it. And feeling is intellect, intuition, and inspiration. If you feel alignment intellectually, intuitively, and inspirationally, then you'll see the, the rapid, the rapid clearance of interference in the appearance or coincidence that you want or the coincidence that is better than that you want because you're protected and promoted by this source. And this is a crucial component to me of creating what you want in your life, of believing there's more than enough of everything for everyone. Most people, Craig, live in a world of not enough. Even guys I know with $40 million houses that make more money than most people dream of. I still know guys like that that live in a world, a scarce world, a zero-sum world, where they literally are in trade negotiation at all times, thinking that the more that they get, the less other people will have. And they're okay with that. I want you to realize that the more you have and the more you receive, the more you can give, the more value you're adding to the universe, which is in synergy with the abundant idea of the universe, which is there's more than enough of everything for everyone. Remember, even patience lives in abundance. If you are infinitely patient, think about it. If you are infinitely patient, everything would happen instantly. Yeah. Uh, all I got out of that was you're on fire. You can't be stopped. <laughs> and, and Big Dave has nuggets today. This is really good stuff. I know the audience is getting a ton out of this. I'm getting a ton out of this selfishly, and I love it. Uh, pivoting gears for a second. Uh, most people know that are in this space uh, that the mind is made up of two parts, the conscious and the subconscious. Most of us operate at the subconscious, which has been programmed since essentially we're 7 to 12 years old, which is typically in ego and negative. How important is it for somebody to develop and cultivate uh, a mindful or a meditation daily practice so that they could become aware of their thoughts and, and really stop releasing cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and really start to begin to operate from their consciousness as opposed to their subconscious? Yeah, well, cortisol creates dis-ease right? Disease. And we want to be at ease in the flow. And so uh, it's crucial uh, to have that meditation as a daily practice. But let me redefine meditation because you're looking at someone, Craig, that was completely, uh, you know, against meditation. And first person that told me I should meditate, I told them, why should I meditate? I already, I made everything happen. There's no time to meditate. Why would I sit around high on my mom's couch, broke and and sick all the time, like the people that I knew that meditated. Uh, it was just a, a foolish thing. Uh, but let me explain meditation in a different way, the evolution for me, and see if it's applicable or resonates with you. 
when I started meditating, uh, I started a practice of just sitting still. That's how low I set the bar in my meditation. So many people quit meditation because they raise the bar. They think, okay, if I meditate for 20 minutes, God's going to talk to me. I'll have all the answers. I'll make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. This will be awesome. I've seen, you know, Deepak Sadhguru, Dave Meltzer. It's going to be easy. And that's kind of the mindset that most people have in meditation. It doesn't work that way. The first practice of meditation is sitting still. And once you learn to be still physically, then you can practice being quiet. And that practice takes a while. Now, after you practice being quiet, now you can practice awareness, uh, which is, you know, being able to access the information. So let me tell you how this has worked for me and why it's so important, the 20 minutes of meditation that I do at 4 a.m. before anything else. Well, I have an unwinding routine, as most people know. My tomorrow starts today. I know Amelia, when I first told her this and was coaching her on this, laughed at me, scoffed at me, and made fun of me, uh, like many other people do. But I don't wake up at 9 p.m. I put my body, mind, and soul as a practice into the position of not only recovering, which is obvious to most people, but yet they don't practice it. What do I mean they don't practice it? Most people go to bed at night and wake up more tired in the morning, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen or heard. But more importantly, I unwind at night, putting myself in a position of recovery, no alcohol, no caffeine, no negative thoughts, no negative conversation, no stress, no scary movies even, Craig. I don't even watch those things. I want to have a complete flow in the go when I pass out with no energy. But the second component of my unwinding routine is access. I want to clear away all that interference so that I can access this infinity of information of awareness. Well, in order to, to transcend what I've accessed when I wake up in the morning, I not only use meditation as a practice of sitting still, a practice of being quiet, but I use it as a practice of transcending or transitioning, accessing the information to utilize as my day progresses. I utilize it intellectually, intuitively, and inspirationally. Yeah. And by putting myself into a position of physical stillness, of quietness, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional quietness, I now can be more aware because I've cleared away all that interference and all that exists is a connection between me and the access that I had while my conscious was sleeping and my subconscious and unconscious were driving the ship. And that's why the unwinding routine is a premeditative state that allows me to create recovery for my body, but access for my subconscious and unconscious, and then transcend that information through meditation. Please, everyone. Meditation is a practice and it's not just sitting in the ganja, you know, with your fingers, you know, pressed upon one another and your legs in the Yoda position. No, meditation could be jogging. It could be swimming. It, 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 it is ability to access and people are able to channel or access in a variety of different ways. I like to put my body at stillness. I like to put my mind in quiet at stillness. And then I like to transcend the information that I received from my unwinding routine uh, to utilize a plateau and growth strategy during the day. If you want any information on meditation, I use theta meditation, uh, which is a vibrational frequency meditation that allows me to elevate my 
vibration or frequency because you only can be aware that vibrates equal to or less than you. So the higher I vibrate, the more I can be aware of, the more I can empower others to be aware as well. Bang. <laughs> this is awesome. And for the audience listening, like guys, not everybody's going to take Dave's mindful practice step-by-step, step, but, but have one of your own, right? Try it, have your own strategy, so to speak. Absolutely love this. Uh, real quickly off topic, how many handsome sandwiches this morning? <laughs> well, it's my daughter's birthday, so I haven't had one yet, but I'm planning on having a birthday brunch at Monomiga B in Las Vegas here uh, with uh, about 20, 21 year olds. And uh, I'll, I'll eat as many as I can because I'm trying to catch up to you uh, pound for pound. Craig Siegel's probably the most handsome person I coach. <laughs> I know you were going there with it. Absolutely love it. This one is a really interesting question. I'm so curious to hear your answer. Personal branding, in my personal opinion today, is one of the most important things out there because nobody can take it away from you if you do it right, especially in 2022 and with a potential recession right now and or the pandemic a couple of years back. People can get laid off, but if you have a personal brand, you can grow that to the extent that you're willing to. I'm curious your thoughts on this. When putting out content or really trying to get exposure, you know, there's a lot of people that say similar things, but there's certain people that stick out, like you, for example. Can you teach charisma, Dave? Like, how do you make people care about your content or, or what you have to say? That's a great question. So what is charisma first, right? Can you teach charisma? Uh, charisma is a energy. Uh, and so I can help people uh, elevate their energy, their charisma, shift their energy so that more people or the right people are attracted to them, right? So clearing interference between you and other people are absolutely uh, teachable. And, you know, number one, I want to comment on a few things you said. We are in a recession. I just want to tell you, uh, you know, as someone who is a pragmatic business person, uh, look at the key indicators of recession. We are in a recession. Uh, so uh, please, you know, everyone utilize your timing and risk tolerance to align with the best strategies to make money during this recession. More people make uh, big money in a recession than any other time. Uh, so I want everyone to know, hey, wake up. There's huge opportunity. We're in a recession uh, and find someone who sits in a situation that knows how to create the exponential value in a recession. Find someone that is capable of either one, determining your timing and risk tolerance, but two, executing on that. Uh, and so that that's critical. Um, on the other side side of it, charisma. Uh, what What is charisma? Well, charisma is the ability to create a community of sponsors and power sponsors, people that are willing to help you and people that know people that can help you allowing you to help those people and allowing you to find people that can help those people. Charisma is a connection. It's a commandment. It's working with people. And it's absolutely a trained skill. Charisma is an energy. It's an attraction. Now, when you subscribe to the faithful perception that I have, that we are all one, that we are all part in co-creators with the great source, we are all resources, that we don't know why, but we are connected to certain people. We don't feel an interference to those people. And so let me remind you how this happens. One, 
We have to teach people to learn to love themselves. We have to teach people to find their essence. If you don't know who you are and love who you are, nobody else is going to love you. Those people who love themselves, not in a narcissistic, arrogant, ignorant way, but in a humble, ignorant way, those people that love themselves, those people that put other people first because they love themselves, they take care of themselves, they utilize and pour into other people because they have so much themselves, are extremely charismatic people. We, we have to create a community. Now, how does that charisma tie into your brand? You're absolutely right, Craig. I am, you know, on a soapbox telling people, utilize Shakespeare to thine own self be true and, and the whole world is your stage to understand that never before in history could an individual sitting in their closet build a brand in a community of millions. You can create a legacy for your grandchildren. No matter who you, you could be Dr. Pimple Popper. You could be Kim Kardashian. So, you know, what has Kim Kardashian ever done? You know, when there's any of significance, but she built a brand and she built it on a negative, a, a negative incident in her life. But she's built a brand and she empowers people to, to build their own brand and to be true to thine own self. There is 7.6 billion people in a community that's accessible by anyone sitting in their closet with an internet connection. But most people aren't willing to do what you do, what you've been trained to do, what you've been taught to do, and that's go the extra mile every day. They, they, they don't do it. They cannot utilize coherence to be consistent and persistent in the pursuit of their potential. They're trying to be everything to everyone, they're chameleons at best. But when you know who you are and you love that person, knowing you're on your practice, your journey, you can build a tremendous community. And then you can create abundance with that community, not just for yourself, but for your community. And I think this is a crucial, critical thing that everyone should look at in varying degrees, determinative upon what you want. Not what David Meltzer wants, not what Craig Siegel wants, but what you want. And when you do that, I promise you, this community, whether it's one person or over a billion people, will absolutely be of value to you and your legacy. Hi. <laughs> He's on fire today. Um, yeah, hold, hold on one second. We, in five minutes, I'll be taking, we'll put you first in line. Uh, can you just say, save the comments? I just want to finish with one more question uh, with Craig, and then we'll take questions. Thank you. Awesome. Craig, last question. Okay. Uh, oftentimes we talk about having a strong why, combining that with faith, and it's much easier to step into the uncertainty. Is purpose or a strong why something that someone could cultivate? Or does it have to be like an intuition? Like, this is my why. This is why I've been through some stuff. This is why I'm doing it. For those people that want to step into something, but they don't have a purpose right now, or they're not sure, is that something they could figure out or it has to be like an intuition? Uh, no. So I, I truly believe that you can never find your why, you can only apply it. Um, and that's why I have the daily practices. Uh, most people are in search of something they already have. They want more wealth, more health, more worthiness, more happiness, uh, because they don't have faith. See, I believe, and this is my belief, you don't have to believe it. I believe in order to understand applying your why, you have to believe 
in something bigger than you that is loves you more than your mom loves you, but is omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, and omniscient. If you can believe that, then it's quite easy for you to apply your why. So instead of thinking, I got to get more happy, more healthy, more worthy, more uh, wealthy, I believe I am happy, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am worthy. Why? Because I'm a co-creator. I'm a resource of the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent. I'm a resource of that. Therefore, what am I doing to interfere with it? So I have a practice of identifying what I'm doing to interfere with it, with the needs of the ego, the ego-based consciousness, and not resist it, not go over it, under it, through it, around it, oversell it, back it, and sell it. I don't deny it. I simply stop. Every time that I'm spending days, weeks, months, and years in ego-based consciousness interfering with my potential, I simply stop. I drop down to center, down to neutral, and remind, remember, and recollect with source what I want, who I can help, who can help me, how best to get it done with productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, determining and prioritizing what's important to me to apply my why, not search for something that I already have. Everyone out there, if you use these five daily practices today, the only day that the man-made construct of time is even critical because the past is relative and so is the future. I can change. Look, I went bankrupt in 2009. I lost over $100 million. It's the best day of my business life. Why? Because it's relative. It's relative to the lessons that I've learned. Why would it be? How could it be, Dave, the, one of the best days of your life? It's not the best day, obviously, my children in other days, but one of the best days of my life. Why? Because if that didn't happen, in the relativity of time, I realized through the lessons I've learned that I would be divorced or even dead. All that money wouldn't be worth it to be divorced or to be dead. And therefore, relativity of the past and relativity of the future are all a mindset. The only place that this is real is today. So have daily practices, whatever they are for you. For me, it's the what gives me a possibility, who can I help and who can help me gives it a probability. And then the how gives me the reconciliation of today's time, 24 hours, with productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. How much value am I providing? How accessible am I to others? How am I receiving or accessing what I want? And how am I spending my time in gratitude? Am I wasting my time with people that are bleeding me? Or am I feeding the people that are feeding me? And then I allow myself to prioritize by the importance to me of the what, the who, and the how. Then I can apply my why. That's what I want for everyone. It's 7.30 right now, Pacific time. We made it, Craig. Thank you for showing people what an extraordinary uh, hot seat coach client you are, but also how to coach people uh, and utilize you know, a hot seat approach of answering questions to determine your relativity as well as your reality. Uh, Craig Siegel, everyone, check him out, the CLS experience. We also have the Paradigm Shift, which will be our next Apple TV show. Uh, we have office hours launching today. Uh, we have the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers, everyone from Sadhguru to Ed Milet to Dan Aykroyd to Cameron Diaz to Brett Favre to Austin Eckler to Forrest Griffin. We have it all, 72 of the biggest names giving their advice uh, as well on the spirit of excellence 
the super success of the empty mile. Thank you, Craig Siegel, for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Priceless nuggets today. Love you. I love you too. Thank you so much.